Today is the State of the Church Address. If you're fairly new around here, we do this this Sunday every year. And it's a reflection on what God has done in the previous year. But it's also a starting point to say where are we going this coming year. And that's always a challenge for me because I'm trying to seek the Lord and say, all right, God, what do you have for us? It was a little scary last year. I stood before you and I said that I believe that what God was saying is that this coming year was going to be a great year of conflict. Wow, that was scary. I don't know about you, but there was a lot of conflict in my life, more than ever. Um, Take a snapshot of the world around us. So this year, I'm going to declare it a year of prosperity. Okay, yes, there you go. No, I'm not. I didn't receive that from the Lord. That's not. So uh, you'll hear where we're going with all this. But today isn't, isn't meant to be something that you're going to walk away with some deep spiritual truth that's going to challenge. If, if that happens, there's stuff in here that you can use that. This is more of reflection. You remember the parts in the Old Testament where we heard uh, the psalmist say, or we heard the prophet say, remember the Lord your God. Remember those parts? This is what we're doing today. Remember the parts where... The prophets would call the people to an action. This is what we're doing today. And so enjoy this process. Enjoy this part. Reflect, but be prepared to absorb and say, what does God want me to do in participation with this? And what's my role as part of Concord Bible Church in moving forward this coming year? I think you're going to be excited to see what the Lord revealed to me. Number one. We were going to go with abide. That was last year's theme. Uh, I decided, I I told Steve, I told Lynn, you know what, I'm just not getting anything. I'm not getting anything from God. This was in November. I said, I think I'm just going to, for the first time, go lazy with this. And we're just going to roll it on over and we're going to roll it on through. And they, they agreed. I don't know if they just were lazy too or they were just like, you're the boss, go ahead. Okay, you do what you want. But a funny thing happened. I kept asking the Lord, Lord, is there something else? Is there in, 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 part of the process is as well with abide. The idea of abide is that you rest. You don't move on. You don't keep moving to the next thing and the next thing. It's a, this process of staying, of remaining. That's how that word translates sometimes out of the Greek is to remain. While we will be moving to a different theme this year, I want you to understand I'm torn about changing those banners behind me. We may leave those up because this is so integral. And I truly believe if we get this, I'll be hearing a lot more about the power of abiding than I have this past year taking place. I want us to be a church that when we talk about a theme, that we're a church that produces fruit in accordance with that theme. We don't just say that we're going to do something. We produce the evidences that we believe it, we practice it, and we see God do it in and around us. Amen? Amen. So don't forget, abide. But God started speaking to me. We, uh, we traveled down to, uh, I already told you, just south of Purgatory, because um, Bakersfield and Fresno is Purgatory. just want to let you know that. Uh, we, were, uh, we were in SoCal, and uh, on, on one of those days, on Saturday... I had the the great opportunity to go with my son. We traveled from grandma's house there in in Acton all the way down to San Diego. And I had a reconnection dinner. It was fantastic 
with, um, with this new family that I found two years ago. And so got to spend an evening at dinner with my two sisters and their family, and it was tremendous. And there was a lot to process. There was a lot to think about. And, you know, it, it's, it's an intense time. It's a great time. You're trying to absorb it all at the same time. I, I would say the number one thing I walked away from that time of, of um, coming together was a story my sister Nina told me. About a year and a half ago, Dylan graduated from high school. And he wanted to do a man trip, road trip, on his own, driving down. He did planes, trains, and automobiles for this trip. It was unbelievable. And, and so he, he used every form other than a bicycle to get to San Diego. And, uh, and, and went down, saw some friends in San Diego. He didn't have a place to stay, so he stayed with this new sister of mine, Nina. Come back to December 27th, dinner. Nina shared with me, you know, it was an amazing thing. She said, you have an amazing son. I said, well, thank you. She said, you know, I came out Saturday morning. I was walking through. And here's your teenage son, 19 years old, 18 years old. And he's sitting reading his Bible while he's on vacation. She said, who does that? And like, you weren't there to make him do it. His mom wasn't there to make him do it. He was just doing it on his own. Dylan, you spoke in a huge way to family that we just met. Remember, we said, we don't want to just talk about themes, right? We want to do them. Because there's power in that. That was a year and a half ago. And the fact that Nina said that brought this idea around. It's the idea of the common becoming uncommon. And that impressed me because she said, that is so rare to see something like that. That is what I would picture it really being like to have faith. And I would never imagine seeing a teenage or young 20-something man do that. The common becoming uncommon. That is our theme this year. Story after... Were you encouraged by that story? I was. Story after story after story. And so that got me thinking, well, what is God doing in our church? Beyond my fantastic, incredible, handsome, godly son. Sorry, I ran out of adjectives. (laughs) What is God doing in our church? Has He done anything this year? Does it just stop with my son? Let's go down that journey. First of all, let me give you the verse that is our theme verse this year. 2 Corinthians 5.18, it says this, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. How many of you are wearing your armbands? If you've got your armband, raise up, raise up your hand. We had three people in first service. It lost its luster. You know what, I've got to tell you, I was really impressed. The average age of the people that wore these armbands... Some of you are like, what armbands are you talking about? We made these up in early July. I made 200 of them. They're all gone. On one side it says reconciled, which is who we are. And then on the other side it says reconciling, which is what we're to be doing. And I was amazed as I would have conversations with people weeks out, sometimes months out, who was wearing these. I thought it was some just, you know, goofy youth ministry trick that I pulled out of the, you know, from years back. 
The average age of the people I saw wearing these was in the 50-somethings. They were wearing them all the time. Business professionals. It's like, wow, something may have stuck here. That was uncommon. That was uncommon. You let me know if we want to do a second run on these. All right? Because this is what we're focusing on. This morning, let me, let me go over this with you. Because I want you to see what the significance of this scripture is. It starts in verse 18. He says, all this is from God. Stop. All what? All what is from God? This? Well, what is this? You would have to go back and see what he's saying. Let's look at it. Go to verse 16. It says, from now on, therefore we regard no one according to the flesh. Well, that's uncommon. That's really uncommon. When I look at Bob, I see a neatly trimmed goatee. I see some hair with a little product in it. I see some nice-looking glasses. This man is always dressed nicely. When I think of Bob, I think of the executive. I think of a godly man. I think of, of, of a pinnacle of society. I'm regarding him in his flesh. We do it all the time, right? I look at Peter and I think, if only I could be that young again and that handsome. It'd be incredible. Now, the guy's got a long way to go when it comes to choosing sports teams. But other than that, if I could only, when I think of Peter, I think of just this incredible demeanor. And then the guy got up here and sang a solo for Christmas services with this incredible voice. I'm regarding him in his flesh. He says, We no longer regard people in their flesh. That's what's uncommon. Did you catch it? Did that make sense to you that he says, we no longer regard anybody in their flesh? What what are you talking about? I regard you all the time in your flesh. When someone has blessed you, when you have seen God in somebody, and I'm going to use my son again because that's the illustration. When, When Nina saw Dylan doing what he was doing, she didn't regard his flesh. She saw something deeper there, didn't she? She saw Christ. That's uncommon. And that's what Paul is talking about. And where did that come from? All this is from God. We don't manufacture this. This is God working through us. That was God working through Dylan. That was God working through Sally. That was God working through Fernando. That was God working through Elham. And on and on and on it goes. So do we have that legacy? Do we have that lineage in 2014 here? Did we have the uncommon happening? And are we focusing on that rather than just regarding people in their flesh? What else does he say? Even though we once regarded Christ according to his flesh, because we saw him as human, we regard him thus no longer. Why? Because he was supernatural. Because he died, he raised again, and he ascended. He proved that he was God. So we don't regard him as flesh. We can see him as human, and we should acknowledge that. But when it says regard, it means to purposely focus on. All right? To, to appreciate, to, to draw from. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. Well, that's, that's very common, right? That's very common. How many of you became new creations this morning? You're like, what? What are you talking about? All right, like, from when you woke up, what you smelled like, what you looked like, and then who you are now. Are you a new creation? Okay? Some of you are raising hands. 
Now that's regarding the flesh. What he's talking about here is that what's on the inside, the soul, that part that that is common, or I'm sorry, uncommon, that that part is a new creation through Christ. Folks, that's not normal. You get that? That's not something that can be bought. That's not something that you can pull up your bootstraps and attain to. That's something that happens through God. Remember, this is where we're going from. All this is from God. All of this is from God. And by the way, let me just share with you, I don't know of another God that's promoted in our society or our civilization or our history that that's how they operate. That they are there for your mutual benefit. That they are there to develop you into a new creation. I think of a different word when I think of the other gods that are in society or civilization. I think of the word subjugation. But our God is uncommon. He desires and He stands apart from all other gods who are false gods, by the way. I don't want you to think I'm a polytheist here. He stands apart because He says, I'm going to make you into something better. And by the way, I'm going to do it in a very uncommon way. So it says all this is from God, making us a new creation. How? It's through Christ Jesus who reconciled us to Himself. How many of you are going to do that? You want to have relationship with someone, so you're going to sacrifice your son so that you can have relationship with someone. Uncommon, isn't it? And yet that's how Christ chose to serve. That's how God chose to reconcile us, is through His Son. Now here comes the kicker. This is the best part. Look at the end. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. If that's not uncommon, I don't know what is. How many of you have ever hired your children? Or you've ever hired like, I don't know, my first job was a lawn boy. Anybody ever hired a lawn boy? If you did, you're probably over the age of 50. Okay? Yeah, some of us. Okay? Two or three of us. How many of you have hired somebody to do something and they just didn't get it right? Okay? Now I got you, right? You're tracking with me. Or you even asked somebody to do something and they didn't get it right. So you go over it with them again. And then they still didn't what? They still didn't get it right. Three, four times. How many times before you actually let that person go and you never ask them to touch anything in your life again? Right? Folks, do you think if you were God, you would hire you to get his message out? That's uncommon. What is common is if, based off of a person's performance, responsibility... What commonality says in even your workplace, if you don't perform, if you don't produce, you're what? You're fired. Yet God chose us to have this ministry of reconciliation. That is uncommon. And He's willing to take the consequences of it not producing very well in order that we may grow in order that we may become that new creation, in order that we may deepen our relationship with Him. And that provides an an uncommon relationship that goes beyond what we can understand. Let me show you what that looks like. Because that story of, of Nina and Dylan prompted me to think through our church this past year. Let me share with you some things. Let's go to this. You guys remember this? What was this? The mortgage. We got to this point last year, actually uh, uh, just a month prior, and we were thinking and praying about, do we pay off the mortgage or do we just let it cycle out for the rest of the year? 
We believe that it would take an act of faith. It would take, it would require someone or multiple people to step up in an uncommon way to free us from the rest of the debt that we had. And that in turn would free our budget to be able to do certain things. We had $12,000 left at this point last year to pay off that mortgage before the annual meeting. We had people who very commonly we would think, oh, those are the people that could really help out with this. They're the ones that have the money. And yet those people give faithfully, and I had no idea where the money was going to come from, but I knew that God wanted to do something, and He wanted to do it to a testimony to His name. And God worked through someone very uncommon to provide exactly what we needed to pay off the mortgage. Here's something that's fascinating. What we would have paid on our schedule for a mortgage was 11700 and change. This stage cost 11000 something and change along with the carpet. This whole project happened because that mortgage was paid off. And many more things. That's pretty uncommon. What is this? Does anybody have any idea what this is? I know one person in this room does. We already called him. Oh, two people do. Yes, Dylan, uh, or, or Laura. It is. And, and Dylan, what is that that's the blue thing? That's right. The Bible is directly underneath me, so whenever someone's preaching, they are literally standing on the Word of God. You like that? Pretty uncommon, isn't it? Now you know the secret. So when there's a guest speaker, come up and tell them, hey, you literally were standing on the Word of God. They won't know what you're talking about. This gentleman, my mentor, Dr. Cook, we were blessed to have him come this past year and share with us and invest in us and encourage us. He pours into me. He saw what we were doing this year. It's the only time I've ever seen him respond to my Facebook, Janine. He wrote, I wish I could be there. I saw that about three hours after I put this picture into the slideshow. He has a heart for this church. Folks, this gentleman has led kings around the world to the Lord. This gentleman has been close to death four to five times. This is one of those saints that you hear about in Pergamum. This is an uncommon Christian. And it is uncommon for someone of that magnitude to have a heart for such a small church like us an incredible blessing how many remember what this was yes scott what was this walk for life hey everybody hey elders we're gonna do the walk for life at our church what we're a really small church what are you gonna do And it was fantastic. As a matter of fact, Rich and Patricia are here because they were introduced that day to this church. That was a small little yay. Yay. That was very... (laughs) That was very uncommon for us. And yet, how tremendous that day was. By the way, above and beyond what we put in our budget, we raised $7,000 above and beyond what we put. We have, what is it, $1,200? Who's here from the missions committee? I think we have $1,200 a year we give to 
two options for women. Between this and what we did at the banquet and some other things, we raised 7000 above and beyond. That's uncommon. That's happening because God is working through us. And we have that ministry of reconciliation. Let's keep looking. Family summer nights. This wasn't just a select few group of people that were doing things. This was a group of people, the entire church getting behind us. Fernando organized all the cooking and got all this going. We had different seminars where you got in. You shared how Christ works through you in your workplace. There we go. Life groups. How many of you are part of life groups? Raise your hand. Well, that's like 10% of this room. Can I just encourage you? Jesus Christ was about community. All the things I read in, in ministerial leadership magazines is that churches thrive when they have good community. You're going to see a lot more community things that we will be doing together over this next year. You've already heard of a bunch uh, during our announcement time. Folks, life groups is the number one way. Come talk to me. Send me an email. We're starting life groups back up this week. By the way, if you're a life group leader, there is... Don't go off this sermon. If you want to go off this sermon, you can. There's no notes. There's no, it's just getting together and restarting for your next, next session. Get involved because this is where you get the fellowship. You get the encouragement. You get the, the relationship within our church. Abide was our theme this past year. We've already talked about that. How many of you remember this? What was this? Prayer. It's the first sermon series we did this past year. And the, we have the gathering tonight. It's a prayer time. Last year when we started with this, we were really focusing on prayer. We had 25 people. We had filled the fireside room. The rest of the year when we had gatherings, we were back down to 10 people. I'm not sure we learned much from this study. What we do with prayer, with prayer meetings, is very common. We have a lot of room to grow in this area. And maybe we adjust. Maybe the idea of having a concerted prayer meeting where we get together is too archaic. We can't do that in California. Maybe the things Jim Cimbala is doing with his group just works because it's more urban of a, of a territory. I don't know. We'll look at that. But maybe there's unique ways we can call each other to prayer at certain times. We certainly have seen God answer prayer here, have we not? In very uncommon ways. We are a church that does believe in prayer. And we learned a lot from this study. The John study... That was uncommon that we finished last year. It was a great, great study. How many remember this? What was this study? Sunday morning sermon series. Thank you, sir. Very good. It was Titus. First service said, what? Anybody here from first service? No. They said it was the seven church study from Revelation. I wasn't going to count them out. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. So I just kind of rolled with it. Um, it was a very common answer. That was an uncommon answer. And you were right. You were correct, sir. Well done. And then we finished with Advent. How many remember this? God and science. Yeah. We had Peter Payne come and, and share and share a lot of very deep thoughts about how do you resolve God in science. Women's ministry. This was uncommon. What just happened with women's ministry in November or October? Women of faith. Now, usually when we've had a women's retreat, we've had 8, 10, 12. 
How many ladies went to the women of faith? 28. 28. Uncommon. God was doing something unique and special. And I heard it was incredible. It was fantastic and life-changing. Community outreach. We normally go down to Mexico at the first weekend of, Me- uh, uh, of December. And we use $800 to build a house. This year, we took that $800 and we divided it amongst life groups, youth group, uh, lifetime summer day camp, and Awana. Each got $100 to find a family and bless for Christmas. I don't have time right now to tell you those stories, but they were incredible stories of reaching out to families that were in desperate need. And not only those families, we were able to reach three to four other families through that effort. So we surpassed the $800. It was $1,200 that we were able to bless families during Christmas through your efforts. Operation Christmas Child. Second year that we've done this. And inside your bulletin, there's a letter that kind of gives you a, 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 an understanding of what happens with all this. Where did it go? And, and it kind of shows you where our boxes went to this year. And so please make sure that you read that. The reboot. You're part of the reboot right now. And this was a challenge for us in faith because we weren't bursting at the seams yet. But do you know how many people are here today? 143 people were in church today. you know how many... People we had before the reboot, we averaged 100 to 110. So moving forward with this and taking it on before we were stretched gave us the opportunity to put the classes in place where we needed them. It enabled it for people to step up and help serve in an uncommon way. It was an incredibly uncommon transition. Most of the time, when pastors go through this, there's a lot of complaining, there's a lot of frustration, there's more required of the congregation. Our congregation got behind this, and it's worked seamlessly. Thank you so much, because that was uncommon. And we're reaping the fruits and the benefits of it now. Here's just some basics coming from a financial level. I told you I was going to share this with you. 1,200 in gifts given to families in need at Christmas time. We've never done that before. Instead of using $800 to go to one family in Mexico, and by the way, that family is not without a house. Another church went down and built the house for that family. But we were able to reach out to our community with $1,200 to reach out with the love of Christ. $4,000 was spent to clean up the south end and put it in an auxiliary parking lot this past year. This is above and beyond budget. $12,000 for a new carpet and stage project. I already talked to you about that. $14,000 given out to families in needs. Through the Deacons Fund, 15000 given towards supporting lifetime, 7000 given towards options for women. After all of that giving that I've shown you right there, that's above and beyond our deficit budget. And Alan, help me understand, what was the deficit budget for 2014? Just under 20000 We are at a surplus budget in giving. That doesn't account for a dime that you see sitting up there. We have over $70,000 in the bank at this point in time because of the uncommon faithfulness of this small little church. Now, folks, this isn't even the exciting part yet. But these are not common things. I want you to understand this. These are not common things. This is where it gets real. Lifetime Summer Day Camp, our fourth year. Record year, over 65 kids enrolled. Janine, how many, how many kids accepted Christ this past summer?
seven to eight first-time decisions, seven or eight that recommitted. And not only that, they're bringing testimony into their families. Families' lives, grandmothers, grandfathers' lives are being changed. We're receiving letters from grandmothers saying they've been praying for years for their grandchildren because their parents are just in a really bad way. And this church has been an answer to those prayers. Seven to eight. Folks, we we can get excited about that because that's uncommon. Let me just share this with you. There are many churches, and most churches our size may see two people, if anybody at all, come to the Lord over a year in this nation. How many remember Hillary and Kate? How many of you attended that concert? Started out the summer, beautiful, beautiful concert. You know what was beautiful about that concert? Teresa over here had been asking a friend. I may embellish the story a whole lot. I don't know. You can check with her later. Um, But I know that she told me before that concert, she says, I'm going to try asking this friend again. Maybe she'll come to this concert. So she tried. And, And usually when we ask, the common answer is what? It's no, I'm busy. You ever been discouraged? Like, I'm just not going to ask anymore. Thank God Teresa didn't listen to that. In a very uncommon way, God working through her ministry of reconciliation. Ashley sat right over here, right? Ashley sat over here. Now, I don't know where Ashley... She's in Sacramento now. She moved away. We don't know where she is with her walk, but you do not come to that decision without God coming down, opening up your heart and saying... Here I am. Three people accepted Christ that night. Y'all remember Eric. When I told you this was a hard year, lots of conflict, I've done more funerals this year than I care to think of. And I was with Eric the last moments of his life. And I had somebody come to me and ask me recently the deeper questions of what it means to care for somebody. How do you get beyond when that moment when you don't know what to say? How do you care for somebody? And I remember holding Eric's hand and not knowing what to say and not recognizing the person that I'm looking at. Those of you who don't know Eric, Eric, strong. And look at that guy. Okay, first of all, him being in the baptismal waters... That's uncommon. Right, Fernando? That is uncommon. If there's anybody who thinks that they are they can't cut they're not acceptable to God based off of their life's choices, it would have been Eric. God got a hold of Eric's life, and through multiple people, he came into faith. And if you were there that, that Sunday and you heard his testimony, you would have been amazed at what he was saying. And how God had changed his heart. Did he have his whole life together? No. (laughs) Stand up if you do. But it is uncommon for him to be there. And you see that joy. The last time I saw Eric, he didn't look that way. And I'm holding his hand. And and like this person asked me recently, what do you say? What do you say? And I just started praying. And I looked in his eyes. And I think the Spirit told me what to say. And I said, Eric, are you scared? And he couldn't talk, but his eyes said yes. And I said, Eric, you're going 
in moments. And when you go, you will be rejoicing. There is no fear in the arms of Christ. What is common to us is fear and death. What is uncommon when you know Jesus Christ is so desperately different. And I wish you could have been there to see the transformation in Eric's eyes. He died 18 hours later. And he died in peace. And he's with, he's with our Lord and Savior. This is what matters. This is uncommon for a church our size. Has God been working? All of this is from God. All of it. Sorry. So, so sorry. This is the last time you'll see this picture in 2014. (laughs) All right, we're back to this. I'm so sorry. I had to bring it up. But here's why. For those of you who are in the room, you're like, why is everybody laughing? What's wrong? Every year we go to a baseball game there in Oakland Stadium for fireworks. And on occasion, when your pastor is feeling not so insecure, it will be the Angels-Oakland A's game. And so we had 80 people this year that went to the game. It sold out. As a matter of fact, it sold out by two people over. We got back on vacation and we're promptly told there's no more tickets, even though you paid for them. So the gentleman that was working on it went and got two other tickets off StubHub. And so we just shared with, with him that, you know what, we'll just sit there. We don't want anybody else not to be part of the group. We didn't know where the tickets were, but it actually put me right on the edge of a railing. I wasn't supposed to be sitting there. Now, you're like, okay, you're really reaching here, Pastor. You're, you're spiritualizing this way too much. But there's a point to this. Common is all the baseball games I've gone to and wish I caught a foul ball. Common would be catching a ball from some rookie who will never play ever again. Common is the ball bouncing off the upper deck, hitting me in the head and landing in my cup. That would be common. My favorite player in the entire world gets up to bat, so I focus. He hits a foul ball that's not heading anywhere close. You guys are already bored. You're like, we've heard this so many times. He hits a ball that's not coming anywhere close to me. And what did I do? If you know the story, I actually, in my selfish heart, started praying. Now, I don't, rec- I don't believe in that, so I don't know why I started praying, but I'm telling you, I'm being vulnerable here. It was selfish. I was being incredibly selfish, but I said, Lord, it's not coming to me. Could you make it come to me, please? It hits the pitcher's mound, caroms off that, and starts in this glorious, beautiful trajectory to where only my supple hand and preordained hand could intersect with this beautiful round sphere for a heavenly moment. And if you don't believe I was praying, I have evidence off of TV. There it is. <laughs> After I turned to Sam and was saying, thank you, look at what God... And then I was like, wait a minute, you're right, God answered my prayer in real time. Thank you. Now here's why I bring this up. That's uncommon. I'm just trying to bring a little levity because we had a lot of seriousness. But seriously, guys, 
we taught, we saw that one slide where people's lives were changed for eternity. That is uncommon. If something this silly, this mundane, this pointless, by the way, don't start praying for like, you know, a cat with five eyes. You know, a pastor got a ball. It wasn't even heading it. I'm going to get like a crazy cat. No, I don't know. In this moment, for whatever reason, God decided to make an impression. Let me tell you what this means to me. If he was willing to direct, and I really do believe this, if he was willing to direct that so that I would be able to catch it, that speaks to something incredibly mundane and pointless. And you know what he left me with a thought? How much more will I answer that which is important? Have faith. Have faith. Because with me, your God, I am all about uncommon things. Amen? This is what it's going to look like this year. And I apologize. It's got kind of... Got to get our fonts right here. Uncommon growth in numbers for our church. Multiply. You heard me talk about multiply back in July. We really didn't multiply. I did, I did some, some factoring last night. Do you know that we lost 25 people from the day that I announced we were going to go to two services? We gave you three months to, to reach out and make all this happen. We lost 20, that's 10, 15, that's 18% of our current congregation just left. The Stricklands were like 12% of our congregation. <laughs> They left. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? I'm, I'm out there. I'm saying, okay, we're making a jump. God's, and then when you're like pulling people away, what is going on? Folks, I've given you eight years of not saying anything about numbers. I've talked a little bit here and there, but I've always downplayed it. I'm switching that switch today. Numbers matter. And this is why it matters. Because you and I have the benefit of fellowship. We have the benefit of hearing the Word of God. We have the benefit of uncommon things of God in the nature of this church. This church changing our lives for the better. There are people all around us that are suffering. We used to be them. They don't have this. We have got to change that. Are you with me? Are you with me? This year has got to change when it comes to that. Uncommon growth in spiritual health of our church. We are going to see an uncommon growth happen. It may come through difficulty. It may come through blessing. It may come through sacrifice. But I'm going to encourage you. Do the hard thing. Bob Slominski is here today wasn't easy for you to get here, brother. How much pain are you in right now? Scale of 1 to 10. 5. Alright, Ricky. Hit him in the ribs with your elbow. and Let's crank it up to 7. No, I'm just kidding. Why would I say that? That's so uncommon. <laughs> Bob wants to be here. Bob's growing. He'll share that with you. Bob's growing through this surgery. But Bob encourages me. He helps me grow. We're growing. We all heard Sally's testimony two, three weeks ago. Most of us did. How many of us grew from that testimony? 
that goes to this next point. Uncommon testimonies of God at work in our church. We've got to stop being silent. Imagine if we don't share what God is doing in an uncommon way in our lives. Imagine if God did that in the Scriptures. He just eradicated all of His work with His people and took those stories out of the Scriptures. There's a reason it's there. We have to have that encouragement. We need that desperately. So here's the thing. This year, as you see God working, it doesn't even have to be in your life. I never speak about myself. Yeah, right, baseball. Today's illustration was my son. I threw him under the bus. I talked about Peter. I talked about others. Folks, it's not bragging. It's, it, it doesn't fit in that concept. It's giving praise to Him. And when you know that God is working in an uncommon way around you, through you, in your church, guess what? The next thing happens. Actually, it's further down. Let me go to uncommon individual acts of reconciliation. I'm learning this year, coming out of a lot of conflict that was happening um, outside of our church or even inside of our church. Reconciliation doesn't come easy. But through God, through Christ, those things can come and those things can happen. And that is uncommon. That is uncommon. To bring families together that were warring with each other. That is uncommon. To see what you guys do to reach out to each other and to care for one another. That is uncommon. It is because of God. I was out of town and Nancy Tryon was in the hospital. And so I called her to let her know, hey, it's going to be a few hours. <laughs> Brad Walter's there at her bedside. That's uncommon. It's not uncommon for Brad to be at someone's bedside. It's uncommon for somebody to get multiple visits from a small church like this. Uncommon involvement in producing fruit. This is what we're going to be about this year. We've already been about this, but we're going to continue to highlight it this year. George gave me a bunch of papers that we'll be bringing to light soon. This was fruit of Awana. And these were love letters or thank you letters to God. Thank you letters to God as a Christmas project from Awana kids. Wait till you see these letters. They did something like this to our missionaries during missions month. Um... John and Dee Cook called me about a week ago and they want one of the names because they want to write back to the kids and let them know how much that encouraged them. That's uncommon. Uncommon abiding in Christ resulting in what? Uncommon joy. Folks, that will define our church. Uncommon joy. People walk in and they sense that. If you walk in and you sense that, you're going to want to be there, aren't you? Then we have to focus on God and Christ and that ministry of reconciliation. We have to ask Him to take what is common and make it uncommon this year. And if that's happening, the uncommon joy won't be produced. It'll be a result. It'll be a result. And that will become a beacon of, of what people want to be around. It will be a continuation of what our church is known for and the work that God is doing here. Uncommon approval by God over our ministries. 
For those that have been involved in ministries this past year, you've done an excellent job. You have blessed our church tremendously. Thank you. Thank you. There are unique things. How many of you guys saw that, that Christmas play on Sunday morning? Yeah. Now you're saying, well, every church does a Christmas play. But come on. Those guys were really good. <laughs> those guys were really good. And they had a short amount of time. You know, we had sheep. We had King Herod. We had a wandering minstrel. <laughs> we had so much. It was very uncommon. We look forward to an uncommon year. Amen? Lastly, I want to share with you. Your leadership got together just before Christmas. And we had a little party. And uh, over in the fireside room. We had a great time. And Hanny got this great shirt. Um, yeah, no. We all exchanged white elephant gifts. It was a hoot. Um, but my gift to the elders and the staff were these journals. And the specific purpose for these journals is for us to record uncommon acts by the Lord in our church this year. At the end of 2015, these journals will be in the library and you'll be able to read what your leadership experienced and what your leader... Now, <laughs> it's not going to be... Okay, so Sally, we saw her at like Pico's bar on Friday. No, That's, we're not going to have that stuff in here, okay? You know, those things that you ask prayer requests for, confidentiality. It's, it's going to be stuff that God's doing that's not confidential. So, okay, so because we were going to have an uncommon season of silence if I didn't clarify that. Um, but these will be available to read starting next year. So guess what? Let's, let's do something to put in the book. Because God did something and He put it in a book. That's very uncommon. And He's all about doing the same thing for us. Let me close in prayer. Lord, as we start and embark on this year, 2015, we all want a fresh start. We all want to have something new. God, I know that many of us have had a hard year. 2014 was not kind. It carried many hardships, many losses. For some of us, it was a great year. Father, regardless of the ups and downs that life presents to us, I pray that you are a constant in our hearts and lives. I pray that you give to us what is uncommon to man. And that we so handle the ministry of reconciliation that we see uncommon results. And that, Lord, we give testimony to those uncommon results day in, day out. Thank You, Lord God, that we have a church that You have gathered, that we see the harvest, we see the fruit. We were able to look back on 2014 and see what You have done. And there's so much more. I didn't have room. But thank You. We lay this year before You and ask that You would work within our hearts, our lives, our families, and our church to Your glory and Your effectiveness. 
Amen.